Welcome back, everyone. My name is Nick Lundberg, and this is the Sports Roundtable, your end of the week sports update on all things Michigan State. We're live here from the State News, and I'm with Melanie Savarinsky, the men's basketball reporter. How are we doing today, Mel? Doing good. Excited to be here. Yep, yep. So I first want to get into a sport you covered last year. I know women's soccer um, that I've taken on this year for the State News. So um, over the weekend, we went to Columbus for the Big Ten Tournament. Uh, they performed pretty well, but they ended up losing an amazing game in the Big Ten Championship to Penn State. It was their first loss in Big Ten play all season long. Um, Lauren DeBoe had a great game, but Ali Schlegel for Penn State um, put it away for them. And then uh, DeBoe and Justina Gaynor named, were named to the all-tournament team. Um, so it was just a great weekend for the team in general. Um, over the weekend, they broke the program record with 16 wins, and then they just were announced earlier this week that they drew the four seed in the national tournament. Um, so they'll play Milwaukee tonight at six in the first round of the NCAA national tournament. And Mel, I know you covered them last year, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on um, if you've been following along this year and kind of just the journey it's been from Jeff Hostler's first year last year with getting 10 wins to now just absolutely breaking through on the national stage. Yeah, I've definitely been following along. Um, I think Michigan State's soccer program, both for the women's team and the men's team, is really up and coming and breaking ground and, um, you know, just laying a new foundation. And I think Hosler's done a really, really great job with the program, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, so this year um, they're pretty much, you know, they have high expectations for the tournament coming in after, you know, just an amazing regular season. So they host the first game at home for the NCAA tournament, and then I believe it's either they host the second round and third round or just the second round at home too. So they'll have a good, pretty decent home field advantage throughout the tournament. So we'll see just how far they can go. But moving on to a team you covered this year, um, and I'd like to get your thoughts. I know you weren't there, and I was there in your place for the first round of the Big Ten tournament um, last week. But they lost to Ohio State in the first round um, in the last seconds. It was a very they played very well all game long. It was back and forth. No one could really get on the board until it was literally in the last like thirty seconds that they finally got one by um, the second team player Owen Finnerty, who's been great all season for the Spartans, but. Ultimately, that was you know the game-winning goal, and they uh, Ohio State came away with the win, and MSU finishes the season uh, six. I believe the record is six nine and two, and so they're kind of waiting for the next week and a half to see where the NCAA tournament for them how it comes together. But it doesn't look too good. And Mel, I just wanted to get your thoughts on just if this is it for the team. Um, what did you see from them this season? Um, what can they you know? What are we looking forward to in the future? Like, you know, where is the state of the program at right now? Yeah, definitely a different outcome than, you know, women's soccer. Freshmen have been huge standouts on the team this year, specifically Jonathan Stout. Um, I believe he was named to the second All-Big Ten team. Yeah, Um, I think he was on the freshman team for sure. Freshman team, definitely. And Spadafora, I believe, was Mm -hmm. also on that team. Yep. Um, I think that, you know, they made big strides this season. Coach Renzing has, you know, better this year than it was last year um, in terms of standings. But, yeah, Owen Fennerty was a great addition to the team. He, like you said, really is a a tough one to come by, and um, it's good, you know, between the sticks. But I think that it's just going to take some more time to continue to build that program back up. Yeah, they started out, I've talked about this before on earlier podcasts, but they had a very slow start, um, and then they kind of picked it up in the middle of, 
conference play. Um, they beat Michigan, which is always, you know, a big thing. Um, women's soccer did as well, but they've had a great season. But um, men's soccer beating Michigan is always a good thing. And then they've had some quality wins, but I just don't really see any way this team kind of breaks into the tournament, breaks into the national tournament, barring some sort of, like, miracle or if something like the committee sees. But overall, I think after the start they had to this year, I think that um, being in this position now is was a good is a good look, and just kind of battling back into decent, uh, you know, position to be where they are right now. And so, and there's definitely you talked about the freshmen that are going to keep building on their years they had this year for the next three years to come, um, hopefully. So we'll see if Rensing can kind of add to that kind of pool of freshman talent they already have. Um, so it'll be interesting to see going forward what the team does, but. It was. I. I think they. You know, after a slow start, they picked it up pretty, pretty nicely. Yeah, I agree. I think that. Um, you know, also just this success from the women's team is going to be great momentum for them. You know, moving forward in the next few years, um, with those freshmen, you know, seeing those results and, you know, wanting to get on the board there and continue um, with the entirety of Michigan State's soccer program. So. Yeah, I think it's uh, going in a good direction. And I forgot to mention the women's team today. Today we're going to get into signing days for multiple teams, but they added 10 players to their roster, um, and Jeff Hostler obviously talked highly about all of those additions. So at least on the women's side of things, it's always good to see a team that kind of blew up, kind of capitalizing on the momentum um, in recruiting, as we've seen with other Michigan State programs that we'll get into um, down the road in this podcast. But moving on to volleyball, uh, they are in the midst of an 11-game losing streak right now, which is not a great look, but Big Ten is stacked as they just lost to number 14 Purdue and number 6 Ohio State. They're now 10-15 and 15 in the regular season and only 1-13 in conference play. But they have kind of, after a very, very tough stretch, they have kind of an easier go of it for their last six games of the season. Um, they'll start off with facing Illinois at home tonight at 7, and the rest of the teams they play um, are unranked. So I feel like this is a very, very good time for first-year coach Leah Johnson and a young squad to kind of end the season on a high note. Um, they, you know, don't win all of these games. At least getting a few of these wins in conference play would be huge um, for momentum going into the next season. So we'll see kind of how that works out, but... Um, yeah, it's just it was. It's always tough for. I've talked about this before. For a first year head coach with a whole new team and a whole new staff coming in um, into a very strong conference of the Big Ten, and just I mean they played. It was around like eight straight ranked games, and most of them were on the road. So it's hard to, you know, come on with come into those games with such a young team and a new coaching staff, and come out of those games with wins. So. But we have seen the effort from this team, so it's going to be interesting. And they've got a lot of promise going ahead, but they just, I feel like a lot of these games um, coming in on the rest of the season, you got to come away with some of these wins and some of these later games. But um, another t- team that, you know, has been making waves a little bit on campus, you uh, caught up with them a, a week ago, I believe. The women's cross country team won the Big Ten Championship. Their coach, Bresnow was uh, tabbed the Big Ten Women's Cross Country Coach of the Year, and Malloy and Nolan earned Sportsmanship Awards. And I know you caught up a little bit with that brief. Did you see anything that was, 
um, that stood out to you that you can remember from that performance? Because this is kind of a team that has, you know, cross country and, and college is kind of goes under the radar a little bit. So I was just curious as if to you saw anything that kind of stood out when you were writing about it and catching up with, you know, all of the accolades and awards this team has picked up so far. Yeah, it was super exciting uh, for this program, Big Ten champs. There was a few, you know, like you said, um, head coach Bresnow being um, earning that award. Um, Katie Osika, she placed second overall. Um, McKenna Veen, she um, placed ninth um, and then ended up, yeah, she placed ninth. And then Caitlin Hines, she placed 15th overall, so three Spartans there. And then all the Spartans placed, you know, within 75 um, out of the total 149 participants. So that was pretty impressive. Um, Yeah, I think this is going to take the program to new heights. And, you know, it's always great to have that, you know, Big Ten win. And haven't seen this. Um, You know, it's been a few few years where they've had it. But, um, you know, it's tough to maintain that in a program. So I think to continue to keep that up is going to be something that they're going to need to work on. And um, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Yeah, it's always nice to, um, at least I wanted to give them a little shine because winning a Big Ten championship in anything is always very tough. And um, they definitely won, you know, their fair share amount of awards. um, And they performed highly all season long. So I just wanted to shout them out. But moving on to kind of our strengths now as basketball. um, uh, I'm Melanie's the men's basketball reporter, well, I'm the women's basketball reporter, and I want to catch up about, um, I'll start off with the women's game. They, <laughs> I was there, and they blew out Delaware State. Um, Gabby Elliott and Mo Joyner led the way in points with 14 and 13, I believe, um, respectfully, and then Tyre Parks had a decent, has a, also, and Stephanie Vischer also had double digits. Um, the one thing, though, that was surprising to me was Dee Dee Hageman had no points in that one, but um, the team kind of started slow uh, shooting-wise, but they picked it up. Uh, Matilda Eck finished with, uh, I believe it was two threes, two or three threes, um, after going like 0 for 3 in the first half. Um, so, I mean, Delaware State, like the team that Northern Arizona, like the men's team played, is not the best competition-wise, but it was a good tune-up regardless to kind of get into the rhythm for going later into the season. Susie mentioned, Susie Merchant, the head coach, mentioned that um, they kind of have to pick it up where they had a slow start in this one. And so when they start to play better teams, that um, that's going to kind of bite them, especially in Big Ten play. But I'm confident that the team will, you know, continue to get better throughout uh, the rest of, you know, their non-conference play going into Big Ten play. But moving on to the men's area of things when they – they beat Northern Arizona to start their season off as well, um, undefeated. Uh, Jane Nakins made his return from a nagging injury and was pretty solid. He had six points. Pierre Brooks was um, a very you know high point off the bench. He had a career high with 14. Uh, Madi Sizoko looked pretty well. Didn't foul for a lot of the game, which is you know a concern coming into this year, into this year. Joey Hauser had a very good game. He had a double-double with 18 and 10. A.J. Hogard finished with 9 points and 8 assists. Tyson Walker was off. He started the game 0 for 5 and eventually finished with 6 points, but the shooting just wasn't there for him, which honestly in a game like that when he is off and they still win by like 20 is a good sign to me. Um, but they're going to play number 2 Gonzaga in a very, very tough game on 
the in the Armed Forces Classic tonight at 6.30 on the aircraft carrier, but I just wanted to get into your thoughts, Mel, about just what you saw overall from the team, what stood out to you, um, what were some things that, you know, you can take away from it? Yeah, um, like you said, you know, pretty impressive win, you know, with Walker not performing his best, uh, still taking home that 73-55 victory, you know, it's pretty impressive. I think that, you know, both the exhibition against Grand Valley State and now the season opener against Northern Arizona are going to be tests, um, you know, heading into this kind of daunting schedule that's coming up. Yeah. You know, we've got Gonzaga and then there's Kentucky and then Villanova. So it's going to be a tough run. Um, and I think, you know, with the shortened rotation and, you know, lack of depth, depth specifically at the center, just figuring out a way, you know, where everyone fits, um, working together, building that chemistry, and it looks like they are beginning to have that fall into place. Yeah, you know, Tyson had a tough game, and, you know, Izzo describes him as, you know, one of the best players. So he's got to get back into that, um, you know, tuning up some things there. Um, Yeah, Hauser played a very impressive game with the double-double. Aikens coming back was... You know, all this, there's so much energy. Um, you know, talked to Jackson Kohler after the game, and, you know, he just said it was such an energy shift to have him back, and he really makes a huge difference on the court, um, both on and off the court, but he's a big co- contributor to um, the team's success. And, you know, Izzo's 20th season, so just jumping in there and seeing um, what they can do and getting to work. Yeah, I really liked what I saw from Aikens kind of adding a new element to his game from last season when he had some of those, you know, when the offense kind of stalled, he they kind of gave him the ball and let him, you know, go into little isos, and he had a couple of pull-up jumpers that he created on his own, which is something I wanted to see more out of him, which was a good sign, especially coming off an injury. Um, and then obviously, like, Joey had the best game statistical-wise compared to anyone, and I like the fact that, it didn't even seem like he got 10 rebounds because on offense, at least, he was playing, you know, he was hitting threes, he was kind of playing on the perimeter, which I feel is more of his spot for his game. Um, but with the lack of size down low, he's definitely going to have to um, kind of, you know, like he did last year, fill in that role. And um, so it's just going to be interesting, especially against Gonzaga when they face probably the best big man in the country and Drew Timmy. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see Madi Suzoko's kind of his first real test in all of his time here at Michigan State tonight. So I'm just I'm excited for the game, and regardless, it'll be interesting to see um, what happens, no matter you know what the score is. So yeah. it's it is exciting. Yeah, definitely. I think that you know another thing was making that switch from exhibition first half team to season opener first half team. Um, you know that was something that. I mean, could really, really hurt this team. So um, they obviously worked on that, you know, tuned it up and um, came back a new team on Monday night. So, yeah, like you said, we'll see, um, you know, with Timmy um, in San Diego and, um, yeah, Mahdi putting him to the test there. Um, I think that's going to be really telling, and it will kind of show us what's going to be going on the rest of the non-conference season. Yep. And so moving on to a team that's kind of starting to garner some national attention in the rankings is MSU Hockey, and I know you've covered a couple of those games this year, so we can kind of get into what you saw from that compared to where they are now. Um, but they swept Wisconsin over the weekend, 5-zip f- and then 5-1. to one. Uh, Mittendorf had four goals in the first game, which is 
a pretty insane stat um, when you think about it. But and then another insane stat was Saint Cyr had 88 saves over these over the weekend over these past two games, and that earned him the Big Ten first star. Um, and national attention wise, they received they had like 19 honorable mention votes, which was they have the top 20 rankings, and then um, they were around 25th, I believe, in that ranking. But um, Compared to what you saw, obviously it's still a very young season when Big Ten just starting to play. But comparing to what you saw um, when you were covering some of those games earlier, compared to where they are now, sitting at I believe it's like six three and one, and then all of this you know this hype around Nightingale and this team is starting to you know kind of catch up national wise. Um, we knew that Nightingale was going to have his guys ready, um, but just to you know start off that this weekend with this kind of dominance um, heading into, you know, a very loaded Big Ten schedule. Um, what have you seen that's kind of, you know, is, is this excitement, you know, worthy? Or is this team worthy of, you know, where people are starting to look at them as? A hundred percent. I mean, first sweep, um, you know, Big Ten sweep, it's, I think it's difficult for a team to sweep regardless and to be able to sweep Wisconsin this weekend is great momentum, you know, heading into Ohio State and to the rest of the season. Um I think it's good looks. I think that think that Nightingale is really taking the program to new heights. And um, you know, I spoke and I wrote an article on the 2007 championship team about a month ago now. And you know, I talked to you know the guys from that title team about you know where they see the program going in the next you know let's say you know four to five years. And everyone's response was positive. And everyone said you know Nightingale he knows what he's doing and it's just going to take time. And I. I, you know, think that they're right in a lot of ways. And, you know, like you said, you know, a few a few games ago, I believe it was LIU, you know, Jagger had a hat trick. That was the first hat trick that anyone's had in years. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, for um, Minderf to have those four four goals this game, I mean, it's pretty impressive and um, doesn't just happen overnight. So, yeah, I think... To continue to keep that momentum up, you know, going into this weekend, it's going to be a bit more difficult. Um, I'm just going to continue to get more difficult as they head to the road, um, heading to Penn State and Miami, Ohio um, the next two weekends. So, yeah, just to, we'll see what happens, but to keep whatever they're doing, keep it up. Yeah, you mentioned that um, that Penn State game is going to be tough. Recently uh, beat Michigan on the or at home, and then they they tied with them. So they're kind of proven, and Michigan is obviously one of the, the top a top three team in the country. So um, for them to kind of do that the way they did, um, so that's going to be a very tough you know game coming up. Um, the Big Big Ten hockey is no joke in general, but it I am very excited and interested to see how this team performs um, going forward because obviously these aren't really Nightingale's players. Um, he's got some freshmen in there that have been doing well. Um, so I'm interested to see, but it seems like these guys have been playing hard for him, and it's it kind of reminds me of how like what Mel Tucker was doing last year, um, taking guys who you know he didn't recruit and you know having them play to the best of their ability, which is always a good sight to see. Um, so it's just going to be an interesting going forward for this team. But um, moving on to Mel Tucker and football, they had a very big win um, this weekend. I don't know if you were tuning in for it, but... Um, I did, I did. That's good. So we beat 16-ranked um, Illinois on the road, 23-15. to 15. Um, Big, big win for bowl purposes, and I'll get into that in a second. But 
Um, it's Tucker's fourth-ranked road win in four years, which is the most by an FBS coach in that span. Um, they were down eight players on defense because of the suspensions from the Michigan game. Uh, Jacoby Woodman, who was obviously one of the best players on that team, regardless of defense or offensive-wise. And then Angelo, Angelo Gross, who's another starter, wasn't playing. Um, and there was a lot of injuries. Basically, the whole defensive line was decimated. Um, they had, like, third stringers coming in and stepping up. But they still, they, you know, got in there. They had three sacks, three forced fumbles, which against Chase Brown, who's a very good um, Big Ten running back, is, you know, no joke. Um, the run game uh, established itself. Probably This was probably the best run game performance of the season since uh, the non-conference play against Akron and um, Western. But Bert, Jalen Berger had 81 yards on 15 carries. Jarek Broussard had a touchdown. Um, Thorne looked pretty good after you know that first play interception. Um, had a very, very you know nice pass to Jane Reed in the corner of the end zone. They always hit on that after he took a big hit. Um, so it was a it was a pretty gutsy win. Um, it was one of, if not Tucker's most important wins of his tenure uh, so far in his time at Michigan State, um, especially for bowl purposes this year. But you said you mentioned you watched the game, so I just wanted to, what did you see that you liked from the team and what are you looking forward to in this, in this next game against uh, Rutgers? Yeah, I mean, I think... You know, most importantly, um, overcoming that adversity. And, you know, obviously the past few weeks have been uh, challenging for this team, for this program, um, for all of, you know, everyone here at Michigan State um, with everything that's been going on. And I think to go into this game and, um, you know, like you said, we had gross out, um, most of our defensive line, and that's difficult. And they – really, you know, came together as a team, and um, I think that it shows, like you said, you know, this was one of Tucker's most, you know, noteworthy games, and I think that it says a lot about a coach and it says a lot about a program, and that's really what I took away from the game. Um, I think it's going to be tough this weekend with Rutgers. Um, You know, we have that home advantage, which is going to, you know, make it a little easier, but... um, then again, we've had that and yeah. hasn't done much. So I think it's all just going to depend. Um, yeah, I, you know, the bowl, bowl games, you were going to talk about that a little bit. What are your thoughts on that? So what, what I'm thinking is we've got Rutgers, who if you look at on paper is a team we should beat at home. And then you've got Indiana, which is another team at home that on paper it seems like we should beat. But we thought that with Minnesota earlier this year at home. We've thought that, I mean, not so much with Maryland on the road, but there's been some games where it's like, okay, we, we should win, but it kind of you know doesn't go like that. But um, you need six wins to make a bowl game, and it seems like Penn State, which is the last game of the, of the season and it's on the road, is going to be playing for something bigger when that time comes because they've had a very good season so far. Yes. So they've And they have a pretty good team put together, so I do not see – us coming out with a win in that game. So that the reason why I think it's so big is for the bowl purposes is because you've got two very winnable games coming up at home. Um, and obviously making a bowl win in any season, regardless if this was a letdown year, um, that which a lot of people have, have thought it is, um, and that's reasonable. But a bowl, a bowl appearance is a bowl appearance, and getting a bowl win is still big regardless of um, what state of what state the program's in. 
and especially to come out after everything that's been going on with the media, um, with the Michigan Tunnel incident, um, everything, all the noise, the outside noise that's been going on to come into a ranked environment for a team that, against a team that is probably going to win the Big Ten West, um, which honestly isn't saying much. Um, but to come in on the road after just a week after that happened um, to a team that's most likely going to win, going to win their division, um, who's ranked in the top 20, and to come out with a pretty a pretty solid win. It wasn't it wasn't pretty all the time, but it was a win is still a win, and they look they they were the better team that game for sure, um, just watching it wise. But um, it, it's a very it was a very gutsy win, and and not I don't think it's Tucker's most important win of his tenure. Obviously, I feel like the Michigan game last year holds a lot of weight. Um, but this was definitely up there in regards to, you know, like you said, coming out off of all the adversity they were facing with the outside noise and everything, and then just kind of sticking to what, to what they do. Hazleton had a very, very good um, game sch- schematically wise with all the injuries and everything. So that was very promising to see um, after kind of a rough start this year. But um, just the fact that they faced everything they did in the past coming week and then come out with in a very impressive win. Um, is you know has has my hopes up that this team can you know make a bowl game and then hopefully we'll, we'll take it from there. So we'll see what's what's next to come for the squad. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, after last week's exhibition game against Grand Valley State, um, you know, someone had asked Izzo, you know, his view on the situation, how it's been handled, and he gave Tucker a lot of credit. And um, you know, it's a tough situation and something difficult to, like you said, with the media. Um, and, you know, to, you know, head to Champaign and secure that win is, is big. And it's going to be telling um, what happens this weekend. Yep. And that, yeah, that's one thing um, that I want to talk about as well is Tucker handling all of that kind of adversity with, he was swift with it. Um, I've been reading up on everything. I know that there's been some new things coming in about, Michigan players starting the fight, so that it's still going to be a long ways away from, you know, the final decision of what the outcome of everything. But um, I agree with Izzo that he did do the right thing in regards to how he handled it, and um, he, yeah, swiftly got, you know, I mean, it seems like it was the right choice in every single decision he made with everybody being suspended. So. It's good 100%. to see, yeah. It's good to see some accountability being taken um, correctly by this team, but I believe that's about all we have on time wise today. So I just want to say thank you, Mel, for coming in, and it was a good. It was a good time to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I had a great time. Yep. Hopefully, we get you back soon. And thanks for everyone for listening. We'll see you next Friday for another edition of Sports Roundtable. Peace out.